0: Amen. Matthew's gospel chapter 6 beginning at verse 9. This is what is called the Lord's prayer. After this manner, therefore pray ye. And of course he's teaching his disciples to pray because they requested that. They wanted to know how to pray. And he said, well, here's how you pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done uh, as it is in in, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and power and the glory forever. Amen, and that's what he taught them to pray. Now, before teaching this prayer, what he said was this: When you pray, don't use vain repetitions. Now, I grew up in a in a situation of religion where I was taught to pray that prayer over and 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 over again. Matter of fact, I couldn't get forgiveness from my sins until I did my penance, was to pray so many our what was called the Our Father, and over and over and over again. Then you can get forgiveness of sin. It's almost as if you can earn your forgiveness of sin, and you can't earn forgiveness of sin. That's impossible. Jesus paid that price. Jesus is the one who shed his blood for us, and that's how we get forgiven of our sins. So don't use this in vain repetitions over and over again. He was teaching a model prayer uh, based on principles. And we talked about those principles. The principle starts with praise. It ends with praise. You can see that's the Alpha and the Omega of prayer. It begins with praise, ends with praise. In between, it's about us. So on the outside, it's about God. On the inside, it's about us. Give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. It's exactly what Jesus taught. So We start with praise, we end with praise, and in the middle it's about us, certain things that God wants to do for us. Okay, so number one, we're going to use the first phrase, the first principle is the principle of praise, the principle of praise. We start with our Father. Everybody say that with me, our Father. So it's talking about a relationship that we have with God that didn't have before in the past. They called Him God, but not Father. He is our heavenly Father father look at John 16 verses 23 and 24 and then verse 27 in that day you shall ask me nothing who's speaking here Jesus in that day you shall ask me what ask me what nothing wow verily verily I say unto you whatsoever you shall ask the father in my name he will give it you hitherto you have asked nothing in my name and you shall receive that your joy may be full and then verse 27 why for the father himself loves you because you have loved me and believe that I came out from God So what is he establishing here is a relationship that we have with God the Father that's very intimate. We say to our Father, he is now my Father. He is your Father. You have an intimate relationship with him and you can go to him and you can say my Father and you can know that I can ask the Father in the name of Jesus. So it's not based on you or your performance or my performance. It's based on the performance of Jesus and what he's done to allow us to enter into the holiest presence of our Father and say Father in the name of Jesus. I don't pray through anybody else no other person No other saint, no one. Only to the Father, how? In the name of Jesus. That's how we pray. Well, our Father, which art where? In heaven. In heaven means he sits in the highest seat of authority in all the universe. We're appealing to the highest authority in all the universe. You're in heaven, you're above all, you see all, and you know all. So in other words, whatever you're going through, whatever I'm going through, praise God, he has already seeing it he sees it he's an advantage point far above all of us and he sees the outcome he sees everything from the beginning to the end and so i'm appealing to him who's in the highest authority he's my father he sees it all he knows it all and praise god he's aware of all the things we need to know about the situation so we're appealing to him and then what's the next thing hallowed be thy name oh my 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 holy you know in the first four commandments that we have one of which is Do not use, take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And you know, we live in a generation right now where the name of the Lord our God is so misused that it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. There is no reverence, no respect. Hallowed means to hold in the highest esteem, highly regard and respect that name. It means to honor as being holy. The name of the Lord our God is holy. The Jews saw the name of God so holy that they wouldn't even say it. YHWH, they wouldn't say Yahweh. YHWH were the letters. But then also, if you ever read someone, like an article printed out by someone who is a, a Jewish person, they'll put G, and then they'll have a space with an underline, and then D. But they won't put the O in there because it's too holy to say, or to write even, to write God. But yet we've got people saying, you know, God this and God that in, in, in an incorrect, improper way. Showing such utter disrespect for God. Only four commandments with our relationship with him. Four. He's first. No images. Don't misuse his name. And keep the Sabbath day holy. That's it. That's all he's requiring of us. And one of which, like I said, is so highly abused, it's unbelievable. Honestly, we should never even say something like, oh, God. Now, some say gosh, I'd rather say gosh, or goodness, or something like that. But we've got to keep ourselves aware of the fact that the name of our God is holy. He's Jehovah God, yes, he's Jesus Emmanuel God with us, and his name is holy. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be what? Praised. Oh, so Father, you're in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Hallelujah. The second principle is the principle of petition. Notice this the principle of petition. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. Notice whose kingdom? His kingdom. Why is he saying this? Because ever since the fall of man, this realm was under the power and influence of the kingdom of darkness. You realize that? Adam and Eve invited the kingdom of darkness. And Jesus acknowledged the fact that Satan was the prince of the power of the air or the prince of this world. In other words, see, kingdom is two words. Kingdom. King. Dominion. King's dominion. And Jesus was saying that Satan is really the king over the earth. He has dominion over the earth. And death ruled and reigned from Adam all the way through Moses, did it not? We're told that in scripture. And so in this realm in which we live, we see there is the kingdom of darkness that's at work. And when Jesus came, he brought the kingdom of God into this realm in which we live. Thy kingdom come. And we're to be aware of that fact. So we can see it this way. He brought the kingdom and he said the kingdom would be in you. But also thy kingdom come means that there'll be a time when the kingdom of God will be set up on this earth. Jesus will reign as king of kings and lord of lords in the millennial kingdom for 1,000 years. Isn't that correct? And that's when that kingdom will be set up on the earth. But until your kingdom comes, it's not come yet other than in us. It hasn't literally come on the earth, but it's in us. Thy kingdom come. Secondly, thy will be done. In other words, our petitions must find their roots in the will of God. Look at 1 John 5, 14 and 15 and these scriptures say this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to our will oh you're awake on Sunday morning ah you're awake no what does it say if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know he hears us whatsoever we ask we know we have the petitions that we desired of him So notice our petitions must be rooted and grounded in his will. I need to find out his will by going to the Bible, which is the will of God revealed, looking to Jesus, who is the will of God manifestation and say, until your kingdom comes, I am here on this earth to establish your will as being done in my life and through my life. You realize everywhere you and I go, we should be establishing the will of God being done in people's lives, to bring them to Christ, to get them saved, to get them healed, delivered and set free and made whole, so on and so forth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, notice this, as it is in heaven. So in other words, God's will is not being done in earth as it is in heaven. We're to pray for it to be done in earth as it is in heaven. Last time I thought about heaven, I didn't think about anybody being full of sin, sickness, disease, mental anguish, or pain. I didn't think about there being lack up there, or death being up there, or anything of that nature. So what he was saying was this, I've come to represent the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, he said, go heal the sick and set the captives free, raise the dead, and so on and so forth, and tell people the kingdom of God is at hand, right? So he brought heaven to the earth, and when he brought heaven to the earth, and the kingdom of God to the earth, and manifested it, what was he doing? Revealing the fact that the will of God is this. I want people saved, healed, delivered, set free, and made whole, and restored in, in righteousness, etc., etc. So thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And there's nothing wrong in heaven. And we want that to be manifest in the earth, right? Amen. So that's our petition, should be aligned with the will of God. But then thirdly is provision. You will notice the principle of provision. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us. That's the, that's the petition. That's what you're praying for. The provision is a daily supply of what we need. Now, I don't know about you when, you. when I got up this morning, I needed air. Did you? Absolutely. We should never take it for granted that we have it. Okay, so notice he says, give us this day. This day, in other words, I need it today tomorrow will take care of itself but I have to take care of today and today I need certain things just like you do I need air to breathe I need water to drink I need food to eat right I need all kinds of things I need finances to take care of my bills I need a house to live in clothes to wear et cetera, etc cetera, etc cetera. and we can go on and on. I need wisdom direction guidance daily bread can mean I need a word from heaven isn't it great to get a word from heaven today and say, I can live on that, bank on that? That's why it's called our daily bread, a daily supply of what I need to carry out. I need the anointing of God every single day. Do you need the anointing of God? I need the glory of God, the power of God. I need the revelation of God. So we all have daily needs. And what was he promoting? A daily contact with our heavenly father. So every single day, rise up and wake up and say, thank you for your faithfulness at night, and your loving kindness in the morning, and that I can lay my head upon the pillow of your promises, and when I get up, I can know their mercies are renewed every morning, hallelujah, aren't you glad for that, your mercies are renewed every morning, and boy, do I need mercy, mercy helps us when we fail, grace prevents us from failing, thank God he gives us mercy when we fail, but grace keeps us from failing, So we need both things. Come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help. I need mercy today. I need grace today. Amen. Do you need forgiveness today? We all need it all, right? So give us this day our daily bread. We need it on a day-by-day basis. Every one of us. doesn't matter who you are. All right, next. Pardon. The principle of pardon. Oh my, do we need pardoned. When Jesus taught that, he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debts. That Greek word for debt there is used here in Matthew 18 also. And it means a loan impossible to pay. A loan that's impossible to pay. Forgive us our loan that's impossible to pay. And in Luke 19 and verse 10, I believe it is jesus said in answer to his disciples peter in particular well then who can be saved and he said with men this is impossible did you hear that it's impossible for a man to be saved on his own by himself or by his own good works well since it's impossible we need a savior we need someone to make it possible do we not So forgive us our loans that are impossible to pay. Now, if you look at that truly as it should be, the debt was $53,800,000. Does anybody have that in your checking account this morning? $53,800,000. Do the math. Back then they were making $4 a day. At $4 a day... 365 days a year, that's $1,460 a year. To make up a debt of $53.8 million would take over 36,000 years. Anybody planning on living that long? Would you say that's an impossible debt to pay? Right. So forgive us our debt, our loan that's impossible to pay. As we forgive those who trespass against us or as we forgive our debtors. And the other Greek word that's used for debt or debtors, it means a loan possible to pay. You know, when someone wrongs you, someone hurts you, someone does something to upset you. You're required to forgive. I'm required to forgive. It doesn't matter what the nature of it is. It doesn't matter how deep-seated or rooted it might be. Every single one of us is to forgive our debtors. Just as we've been forgiven. That's the illustration that he uses. Now look at Matthew chapter 18 when he taught this exclusively in this chapter. He forgave the man the $53.8 million debt. But this guy who someone owed him 15 million. And couldn't pay it at that moment. And asked for mercy so that he could come up with the money. Do the math. Four dollars a day. Fifteen dollar debt. How long would it take him to pay the debt if he didn't use any of his money for himself? Four days. With a buck left over. How about that? And back then you can get a lot for a buck. Okay. All right. And this guy throws him into prison. Because he wouldn't pay him the debt immediately. Then his Lord after that he had called him said unto him. O thou wicked servant. I forgave thee all that debt. Fifty three million eight hundred thousand dollars. I forgave it. All that debt. Why? Because you desired me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant even as I had pity on thee. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. Now remember, it's impossible. It's impossible. So he's turned over to the tormentor until he should pay it. So shall your heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. You want to know what short circuits the power of God in a person's life more than anything else? Holding animosity, bitterness, unforgiveness. It springs up and what does it do? It defiles the person. A person is turned over to the tormentor and they want to know why. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? If we hold unforgiveness in our heart, if we refuse to release a person who owes us a debt because they've wronged us in whatever way, after having been forgiven that $53 million debt, he said, man, you're, you're, you're turned over to the tormentor. Remember in Matthew when Jesus went on to say, if you don't forgive, then your father in heaven won't forgive you your trespasses. So in other words, it's as we forgive our debtors, the reason why you want to forgive is so you can have the fullness of God's mercy. Unto the merciful, he'll show himself merciful. Unto the upright, he'll show himself upright. But unto the froward, he will show himself froward. So you see what he's trying to communicate to us? We, we owe it to him to forgive anyone who wrongs us in any way no matter what they've done to us doesn't matter what they've done to us I remember when I I was uh, at school at Ramah, and someone stole all my teaching tapes from my car I wasn't happy about it pretty upset about it and I remember just shutting the car door turning back walking into the toward the apartment building and all of a sudden, I just stopped because I was infuriated. First of all, it cost a lot of money to buy. I didn't have a whole lot of money at that time to buy anything like that. And I was always using them to go back and forth to school and listening to the teaching tapes to get all the word of God I could inside me. And boy, I was just starting to burn up. Has you ever been there before? Your blood boil a little bit? Finally, I just was, they were teaching us on angels and, and the ministry of angels and how we can... By speaking the word of God, release angels to minister on our behalf. Because Psalm 107 verse 20 says that they hearken to the voice of his word. So when you and I give voice to the word of God, angels are listening. Did you know that? Angels are listening to what your conversation is. Angels are listening to what you're saying. You know your words are powerful. Life and death are in the power of the what? Right. Words affect our relationship with God. How do you get saved? With words. It's in your heart and your mouth, the word of faith that we preach. If you, right, confess the Lord Jesus in your, from your heart and mouth, you get saved. It affects your relationship. It also reflects your relationship with other people. There's that speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is hell. In other words, you can destroy a relationship with words, right? Sure. So there I am walking on the sidewalk, infuriated because someone stole my tapes, learning about angels. I can speak God's word, and when I speak God's word, angels listen to what I'm saying, so we can activate the ministry of angels by speaking words. So I just, all of a sudden, like I hit a brick wall. I was ready to go start complaining, and you've never done that. you never complained about anything, right? Never. No. Someone stole from you and just said, oh, glory to God, what a wonderful day. <laughs> no, so I just stopped all of a sudden and said, wait a minute. I kind of wonder sometimes if some of those people thought, he's crazy. Because at that moment, you're not thinking about your surroundings. You're just thinking about you're living in this own world of your own you know, mental faculties and all that. I just stopped myself and said, wait a minute, those are my tapes. All of a sudden, I went from anger to... Father, I pray that those who took those tapes, listen to them, and they get saved. Now, angels, I release you to go bring them back to me. They're mine in Jesus' name. Turn around, jumped in my car, went off to school. Had a wonderful day at school, learned, went off to work, came home. It's about 10 o'clock at night. 10 o'clock at night on a rainy night, I'm in my apartment getting ready to go over my notes because I've got a test in the, in, in the morning. And I'm while well, I'm on, on the, you know, st- they're studying, I hear a knock at the door, open up the door, and some... To me, it was tall. (laughs) Some tall individual (laughs) stood there with tapes like this, this high, and said, Are these yours? I looked at him. I said, Yeah, here. Thank you. Walked away. I don't know anybody in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I don't know how you know where I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. All I know is all the tapes that I asked my angel to bring back to me, I released and said, their mind, bring it back, let somebody get saved by them. Everyone was intact and everyone was right there. Shut the door and just acted like it was normal. Just as if it was something normal. That's not normal, right? I've seen my angel on more than one occasion. I'm not saying that was an angel, but I'm saying that guy didn't know me. I didn't know him. The, how he knew there were my tapes. I, th- that my name wasn't on them or anything like that. Didn't write my address or name or anything like that. Just brought them back to me. The point is, no matter what happens, we can either act in line with the offense, or we can just say, hey, God's bigger than that. I'm going to pillar my father who's in the highest place of the universe and praise God. I'm just going to Do what? Say, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Let the Lord take care of it. I'm not going to take care of it. I'm going to believe God for a victory. So thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those, our debtors, who trespass against us. And so we're to release them no matter how bad the thing was. And I'll, I'll go down that path for just a moment. Let's just say that you were raped as a young person. You can let that person have the rest of your life, or you can stop at some point and just say, I release that person, Father, in Jesus' name, and I will not give the enemy one more day of my life. As far as I'm concerned, your power is working in me right now to deliver me and set me free and make me whole. I am not going to entertain one more moment with that was, what was done to me. You say, I can forgive, but I can't forget. You know how many times I hear I can forgive, but I can't forget? Ephesians chapter 4 we are told to forgive even as we've been forgiven. Can you imagine one day you and I stand before the throne of God. And God looks at us and just says in our judgment seat. Yeah you know Bill I forgive you but I'm not going to forget what you did. Whoa. No he said forgive as we've been forgiven. As he has forgiven us. And did you know he said this? I'll make a new covenant with them after these days, saith the Lord, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. He chooses not to remember your sins any longer, our iniquities. In Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits, who forgives all our iniquities. Amen. He doesn't remember them anymore. Do you think he was so old now that he forgot the Ancient of Days is finally gray and old? He kept his memories gone? No, he, rem- he can if he wanted to. But he chooses not to remember anything that you and I have ever done. When you came to Christ, praise God, your slate was wiped clean. You have no past. As far as he's concerned, you are innocent and stamped approved by the throne of Almighty God. Hallelujah. And from that point on, anything that you do is under the blood, praise God. Father, forgive me. I shouldn't have done that. Thank you. That's why I'm quick to say, I forgive you. I choose to forgive you. And guess what? I choose to forget what you did. But I could never do that. Yes, you can. Just like the Father can forget, couldn't, let's say, not remember. He doesn't remember. He chooses not to remember your sin. So choose not to remember their sin. But when I'm, when I'm in their presence my blood boils. Get a pack of ice. <laughs> cool it down. That's just a feeling. We walk by faith not by feelings. You know what you do, you, inside yourself, you just say this, I forgive, I forget, I forgive, I choose not to remember, I don't remember that, I don't remember that, the devil will bring up everything to your remembrance, he'll try to be the one to go fishing in the sea of forgetfulness, and lift it up, and when he shows you a picture of what they did, just say, oh, that's just a photograph, it's not real, that's not real, Uh-uh, it's not real, as far as I'm concerned, they're forgiven, I'm forgiven, everybody's forgiven, hallelujah, I choose not to remember what they did to me. I've been forgiven 53 million, $800,000 debt. That's 15. Forget it. Forgive us our debts. How? As we forgive ours. So if we don't, what does he say? He'll turn you over to the tormentor. Anybody like torments? Not at all. The next one is the um, protection, the principle of protection. Number five. Let's look at that one. The principle of Protection. Now, lead us not into temptation can be translated guide us by your word. Guide us by your word. Lead us not into temptation. We know that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness of temptation. We know that. But he was guided by the word to be in a place or a position where the enemy was going to challenge his faith. In the the garden, in the beginning, didn't the devil challenge the faith of Adam and Eve? absolutely and who placed them in that position God did and what kind of an environment was it a perfect environment and what instructions were they given exactly what to do and what not to do exactly right who was the one that drew the attention of Adam and Eve to the tree it wasn't God he just said don't touch it lest you die you got all this to enjoy but the enemy comes along and points them in that direction why to challenge their faith and we know the end of the story we know what took place there we're living in a place the was before us the children of Israel were in the wilderness. They got from Egypt. They were going to the promised land. In the wilderness of temptation. He brought them out to prove them that man doesn't, to, to them that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so he provided for all their needs. But along the way, what did they do? They tempted the Holy One of Israel. They limited him. Why? Because you see, they wouldn't trust him to get him in the promised land. They kept wanting to go back into Egypt. We all need protected From the temptations of the enemy. And the only way we can really enter into that is by. Having him guide us according to his word. If they would have been guided by the word that he spoke to them. And followed the cloud by day and the fire by night. Then they would have gone to the promised land without a problem. If they would have listened to the word that says. And when you get to the promised land. There'll be giants in the land. Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites. All the ites will be there in the land. But don't let them frighten you. I sent my angel before you. You know one angel can take care of all the ites. Mm -hmm. All the eyes could be taken care of by how many angels? One angel. One angel took off, I, I think, thousands of wagon wheels back in the day. So we've got angels on our side working with us and for us. Why focus on the negative when we can focus on the positive? Why draw upon the powers of darkness when we can draw upon the powers of Almighty God? Right? Absolutely. So it's up to us to recognize the fact that God wants to guide us along the path of life, but it's up to us to take the path that he tells us to take. And don't open up the door to the enemy. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The enemy has strategies and plans and wiles, we're told in the Bible. In other words, he has destructive purposes for our lives. And for us to be protected from that, we have to follow the guideline of God's word. Wherewithal shall a man cleanse his day, a young man cleanse his day? By taking heed thereof according to thy word. So as we take heed to the word of God, what happens? He guides us down the right path. When the enemy comes along to challenge us, we're in a position, praise God, to resist it like Jesus did. It is written, it is written, it is written. So he leads us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. In the Galatians chapter 5, chapter 1, I think it is verse 4, we are told that it is the will of God that we be delivered from this present evil age. You know this age is evil? I thought I'd get a louder amen than that. <clears throat> I'm preaching better than you responded. <laughs> he wants us delivered from this present evil age. This age is evil. It's becoming more evil day by day. There are unthinkable things happening in the world today. Things that you are hearing of that you go, what? No. Really? You're kidding me. And they're educated people? Honestly? Oh my. Now we got to determine whether or not a baby that's born should live or not. That's been born. Well, because you see it's the mother's choice. What? What? Really? Oh, where, where are we going with this? Sad, isn't it? Even so, come, Lord Jesus. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 91, I, I, I know. Uh, you know the Psalm. It's the Psalm of Protection. And in that Psalm, there are certain truths for us to understand and abide by. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most you know there's a secret place? There's a secret place to dwell. And that place is in his presence, at the throne, invited by the blood of the Lamb. The path to his presence has been paved with the blood of our Savior. We can live in that place of his presence. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow, the protective wings of the Almighty. And here it is. I will say of the Lord. Say that with me. I will say of the Lord. Those that don't believe in confession. You know the enemy takes it to a a place where people say. Oh you're one of those name it claim it. Blab it grab it individuals. uh, And you're one of those that say we can't do it individuals. Wait a minute. We're not naming and claiming anything or blabbing and grabbing anything. We are agreeing with the highest authority on the planet. The word of God. Get acquainted with him. Agree with him and conform to his will and great good shall come to you. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Can you say amen? Amen. So we are to speak or proclaim the word of God, knowing that the word of God is ultimate power and authority in all the universe. And so we are agreeing with it. So I'm saying of the Lord, what am I saying? You're my refuge, my fortress, and my God. In thee will I trust. Surely you deliver me from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. You cover me with your feathers under your wings. I trust your truth is my shield and my buckler. I'm not afraid of the terror by night, or the arrow that flies by day, or the pestilence that walks in darkness, or the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand. It will not come nigh unto me. Only with my eyes I'll behold and see the reward of the wicked, because I made the Lord Lord God, my refuge, even the Most High, my habitation. No evil shall befall me, or any plague come not my dwelling. Your angels have charge over me to keep me in all my ways. They bear me up in their hands, lest I dash my foot against a stone. I tread upon the lion and adder. Young lion and dragon, I tremble beneath my feet, because I set my love upon you. You deliver me, and set me on high, because I know your name, and when I call upon you. You answer me, you are with me in trouble, you deliver me. And with long life, you satisfy me, and show me your great, glorious salvation." Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. I will say it. I will say it. I will say it. Who's your refuge? Who's your fortress? Who's your God? Mm. Say it. Confess it. Declare it. Decree it. And finally, the last principle is the principle of praise. You ready for it? It's the principle of praise. Thine is the kingdom. And the power. And the glory forever. Those three things. Notice. Thine is the kingdom. And the power. And the glory. Those three things. He says. You conclude now. Finally with the principle of praise. Once again. And you're praising God. Why? Because it's all about his kingdom it's not about your kingdom it's not about my kingdom our focus is on his kingdom it's advancing his kingdom here upon the earth you live you thrive you have your being to advance the kingdom of God on earth everywhere you go you are a kingdom representative you're an ambassador for Christ a representative of the highest order and everywhere you go praise God you're there to 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 really support the kingdom God and the in the work of God That's why he sent his disciples to go out and preach the kingdom. Good news. Tell people. There's salvation for you. There's healing for you. There's deliverance. There's victory for you. There's anything and everything that you need. You know what? you go back to the beginning. As I said, Satan wanted to have supreme authority in the earth. Adam had it. What happened? He deceived Eve in the partaking of the tree to bring his kingdom into this realm in which we live. And when he did, his kingdom is one of darkness, sin, death, disease, every evil that is known to mankind. Correct? Absolutely. He said, listen, for those that don't believe in declaring the word to be true. He said in his heart, how does faith work? From the heart with the mouth. With the heart man believes the righteousness, with the mouth confession is made to salvation. He said from his heart, you can see it in Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. He said, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, above the kingdom of God, and people will worship me. Isn't that what he said? That's what he said. I will, I will. He thought he could use his faith to overthrow God. Well, you know what? He brought his kingdom into this realm through Adam and Eve, who really gave them their authority. He wanted to be about him. See, he wanted the king. He wanted to be the king's dominion. He wanted to have this his kingdom. And you know what? He reigns over people's hearts and lives right now. Let me just say something real quick that I think would be beneficial to all of us. When it comes to sin, it comes to sickness. There's a penalty. There's power. Penalty of sin. There's a power and there's the presence the penalty of sin has been paid for by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And a penalty for sickness has been provided for by the stripes that he bore. But we're living in a realm where there's still the power of sin. Sin shall have, not have any what? Dominion over you. Power, dominion over you. But we're still, we're still here in this realm. And there's still sickness in this realm. Am I correct? So there's power. But didn't Jesus give us power over all the power of the enemy? Right. You ready for this one? Got your seatbelts on? There's coming a time when you and I will neither be in the presence of sin or the presence of sickness. It will never be in our presence ever again. You won't sin because there will be no sin, there will be no temptation, only righteousness will prevail. Right now, we're in the presence of it because of where we're living. But one day in Isaiah 33, I think 25, it says, In the time of the millennial reign of Christ, there won't even be the presence of sickness and disease. For even, no matter who you are, you will not say ever again, I am sick. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory! it won't be, and then when the new heavens and the new earth come, no more sorrow, no more sighing, no more crying, no more dying, no more woes, no more this, no more that, because all those things, former things, are passed away, wiped away, completely gone, thine is the kingdom, it'll be a kingdom that's sin-free, sickness-free, poverty-free, heartache-free, arthritis-free, cancer-free, heart disease-free, and the list goes on and on and on. It doesn't exist anymore. That is the kingdom and the power. In First Corinthians 4 and verse 20, we are told the kingdom of God doesn't come in word, but in power. Power, praise God. Remember the disciples uh, before Jesus went up to glory? Jesus taught them time and time again about the kingdom, right? Over 120 times in the gospels, He mentions the kingdom of God. And so finally after his resurrection and for 40 days he's talking to them about the kingdom of God. And then in Acts chapter 1 they ask him this question. Is it now time for you to restore the kingdom to Israel? Can you just see the look on Jesus' face? It's not for you to know the time or the seasons that the father has put in his own hands. But you shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. What is he saying? Forget restoring the kingdom. You want to reign as a king on the throne of, of Israel. Forget about that. It's not about that kingdom. It's not about Israel's kingdom. It is about the kingdom of God that I represent. And you will receive power to advance my kingdom on the earth by the Holy Ghost. And everywhere you go, you'll be empowered to do so. Are you seeing this? It's about his kingdom, and it's by his power. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost come on you. We're almost done. Look in Acts chapter 4. Trust me, I'm not going to go four more hours and 50 minutes. <laughs> Look at this in verse 23. You've got to see this. Because the enemy did everything he could to thwart the advancement of the kingdom of God here upon the earth. Look what it says. And being let go. They were just uh, threatened. After the miracle took place at the gate of the temple called Beautiful, they were threatened, don't you teach, don't you preach ever again in the name of Jesus. That's what they were told. Huh. Peter says, should we obey you or God? And they further threatened him and let him go. And they were let go. They went to their own company, reported all chief priests, and elders said to them, and when we heard that. They lifted up their voice and went to God in one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which made heaven and earth. Notice this prayer. Thou art God that made heaven and earth and seen all that in the midst. Our Father who art in heaven, man, you're, you're above it all. Can you see that part of this prayer? You're above it all, man. Who by the mouth, by thy, by the mouth of thy servant David said, Why did the heathen rage of people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord, against his Christ, for of truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, with Herod, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles, the people of Israel, were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy counsel determined for to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant to your servants... That with all boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders be wrought by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed. The place was shaken. Where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And the, spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. And neither said any of them. Of the things which he possessed was his own. But they all had all things common. And with great power. Everybody say great power. Not great programs, great power, not great traditions, great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace, great grace was upon them all. They were already filled one time, that's the initial baptism, but now they're filled again. See, the the initial baptism is a one-time event. The continued infilling of the Holy Ghost is a continual event in a person's life. And we can get filled with power every single day. So it's His kingdom, and it's by His power. Say it with me, it's about your kingdom, and by your power. And then, for. Your glory. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory. How long? Forever and ever. Jesus was quick to give all the glory to his father. If you recall when uh, people said, how he do these things? How does he do these miracles? What, has he been given? What did he say? I'm somebody special? No, he said, no, I only do what my father I see do. I only say what my father says to say. and When Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father it suffices us. He said, Philip, you've been so long with me. Don't you know who I am? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you don't believe me, believe the works that I do. Because you see the Father in me, He does the works. He took no credit for anything. When you find yourself taking credit for anything, stop yourself right there in your own tracks and just say, oh, forgive me, Lord. Yours is the kingdom. Yours, without you, I couldn't do a thing. Peter understood this. Look at Peter chapter 4. He understood this. Peter himself, remember the lame man that was healed at the gate of the temple called Beautiful? Remember that story? Appreciate your participation. <laughs> remember that story? <laughs> right, you remember that. Exactly. Okay. And they got a hold of him and said, Peter, John, oh my goodness, you guys are like gods. You're... He said, why are you looking on us as if by our own power or our holiness, we did such a thing? We want you men to know that this man that you see here stands firm and strong who had never walked. How? By the power of the name above every name. The only name under heaven where my God could be saved, healed, delivered, set free or made whole. In the name of Jesus. He gave all the glory to God. So just when you were thinking you're doing pretty good, like you've got a good voice you could play very well and all that sort of thing. Stop and think about this. Who gave you all that? And I'll conclude by telling you that. Look, look at this here this is from the New Living Translation God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts use them well to serve one another do you have a gift of speaking then speak as though God himself were speaking through you do you have the gift of helping others do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies then everything you do will bring glory to yourself no No. glory to whom to God, it'll bring glory to God through Jesus Christ all glory and power to him forever and ever amen so anything you have, everything we have, has been given to us by God, that's why you oftentimes hear me say without him I am nothing, know nothing have nothing, I can do nothing you realize I told you I can't speak in front of people, never could even though I've been doing it for 40 years, I just can't do it I can't one for the grace of God and the gift of God, I wouldn't be able to stand up here. Someone said, would you give a discourse over here for that? I said, if it's not Bible, no, I can't do it. I won't do it. I can only speak the things of God. Now, all right, give me two more minutes. Daniel 40, because we got to see this. It's not about you. It's not about your kingdom. It's not your power, and it's not for your glory. It's about his. Look at Daniel chapter four. This is Nebuchadnezzar who's just, took a step back and just said, ooh, this is Babylon. Whoo, look at this place. Doesn't look good, right? Okay. The king spake and said, is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor or glory of my majesty? Did you notice how he incorporated all that? My kingdom, my power, my glory. While the word was in his the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee and they shall drive thee from men and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen and seven times shall pass over thee until thou know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will the same hour was the the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar he was driven from men and did he grass his oxen his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like Dante's I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sorry back I don't know where that came from I'm sorry <laughs> you gotta love me I'll buy you pizza later <laughs> okay <laughs> The same hour was the thing fulfilled on Nebuchadnezzar, his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers. I'm sorry, there's there's the okay like eagle's feathers, and his nails like bird's claws, and at the end of the days of of the days, I Nebuchadnezzar lifted up mine eyes to the heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the most high, notice what he said right there, I finally got my head on straight, I finally got it all together, and I start realizing after all this time living like an animal, my goodness, what was I thinking to say that it's about me, my kingdom, my power, my hands that I've worked, and all that, it's not about me, and I praised And honored him that lives forever. Whose dominion is an everlasting dominion. And his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stand his hand or say unto him what doest thou. At the same time my reason returned unto me. And for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and brightness returned unto me. And my counselors and my Lord sought unto me. And I was established in my kingdom. And excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. All whose works are truth and his ways judgment. And those that walk in pride he is able to abase. Has nothing to do with us. If he were to lift his hand, we're like. Animals in the field. He was out of his mind. He was like an animal. Couldn't even think straight. Then he finally realized it's all about, let's close it with Romans 8 11, 36. This is from the New Living Translation. For everything, everybody say everything, comes from him. From whom? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not made anything that was made. He upholds all things by the Word of His power. He created all things, He sustains all things, He propels all things by the Word of His power. Everything comes from Him. It's about Him and His kingdom, and exists by His power. His power upholds everything created in all the universe, and notice, and is is, is intended for whose glory, for his glory, all glory to him forever, amen, can you say amen, Amen. so now we got the prayer, our father, mm, my father, say it with like gusto, like you, you're my father, oh my father, he's in heaven, high above it all, at a vantage point, beyond anything I could imagine, he sees it all, he knows it all, he knows what I'm going through, father you're in heaven and you know what I'm going through, Hallowed be your name. Oh, your name. You talk about a name. Jehovah, Sikanu, my righteousness. Jehovah, Shalom, my peace. Jehovah, Shama. you are here. Jehovah, Nisi, my victor. Jehovah, Ruah, Lord, my shepherd, I shall not want. Jehovah, uh, Shalom, my peace. He is Jehovah, uh, my, my provider, uh, Jirah. And Jehovah, Rapha, my physician and great healer. Jehovah, Makadish, you're my sanctifier, sanctifier and sanctification. You're El Shaddai. Isn't that better than our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, the king come, thy will be done on earth as is heaven? Isn't that a whole lot better than that? Oh, my Father, you are in heaven. Oh, you're in the highest seat of the universe. You are in heaven, praise God, and you're my Father. Oh my goodness, let me just stop there just for a while. Hallowed be your name. Holy, holy, holy is your name. To your kingdom comes, I'm here to represent your will being done on earth, in earth, as it is in heaven. May it be done in me, may it be done through me everywhere I go, every single day of my life. Give me today the air I breathe, the water I drink, the food I eat, the finances I have to pay my bills, and to carry advance your kingdom upon the earth. Thank you for my health. Thank you, praise God, for my children, my family, my friends, my church, and just go on and on and on daily bread that I need every single day of my life. Hallelujah forgive me my debts I know I missed the mark along the way I know I'm going to do it but praise God the blood of the lamb is a continuous waterfall of forgiveness and cleansing for me and I thank you for that precious blood and the mercy to forgive me when I fail and the grace to keep me from failing oh I thank you for both mercy I thank you for grace I will forgive those that have wronged me because you've forgiven me the 53 million dollar debt because it's yours is the kingdom it's not about me of me getting along with or doing anything. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Forever and ever. Let's all stand and shout to the Lord somebody. Hallelujah.